Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. It's March 20th. The best weekend in sports is over. Um, sad there's not hoops on for another three days. I don't know what to do with myself after basically having an imprint of myself in the chair um, for the last four days. Uh, but it was a wild weekend um, filled with a lot that we will cover in this podcast. Uh, lots of great things, some bad things. Um, we're going to get back to our normal um, kind of around the world today. Podium tee up. We're not just going to, we'll talk a little bit about golf um, at the end of this, but it's mostly going to be basketball again. Um, but yeah, hope you all uh, have your brackets still going because I don't. Um, not even close. I'm not going to win any money. I'm going to lose 40 bucks off of the brackets that I put money into. That's great. Um, but that's just the that's the way the cookie crumbles. We love March Madness for that, and I love the upsets that we'll get to later. But we'll start with the podium. Um, I'll go first. Um, the Detroit Lions, this is a complete 180 from basketball. Football, the Lions, it's free agency right now in the NFL. New league year started last Wednesday. If you haven't seen this, the Lions are... They're cleaning up in free agency. They got three uh, defensive backs, guys that are starting caliber kind of guys um, to shore up that secondary, which was one of their weaknesses last year. Um, I'm really happy with the way Brad Holmes is doing. He's restructuring contracts, uh, making them less so they can create more cap room um, to eventually pay more guys later. Um, picked up Graham Glasgow, who's probably going to start at guard for them, which is pretty cool. Um, they still have money left and they to get like a receiver or something like that, defensive tackle. It's awesome. Brad Holmes is doing this correctly. We've never seen an offseason like this as Detroit Lions fans with them actually being competent. So hopefully they can get, continue into the draft. Um, they can build next year and maybe win the win the uh, NFC North because it's going to be as weak as ever. Um, I'm very happy with them for once. Uh, the trajectory is good. If only they wouldn't mess it up, which they inevitably will eventually. But we're going to roll with the good times. Um, that's all I've got. All right, for mine, uh, fresh off of a 4 a.m. wake-up call, come back from a long golf weekend in Florida and tired. This is top of mind especially because I couldn't stay up to watch it since I had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning is why NCAA – and I know one of the reasons why, so it's somewhat rhetorical, but why do you have to play Sunday games tipping at around 10 o'clock? I get it on Thursday, Friday when you're playing 16 games a day and you do a really good job spreading those out. The, the excitement is there. You're kind of pumped. You're going on adrenaline. You know, If you're binge watching and you're taking a couple of days off of the office or whatever, or like I did, I was mixing golf and basketball watching, totally get that don't even mind late game saturday night that's fine but it's like what what are you doing with the sunday night game i mean a 10 o'clock start east time which you have to imagine yes that was a west ish game tcu gonzaga but still you know there's national interest in there i it was over after midnight it was over after my bedtime and most people's bedtimes they had to get up and go to work on sunday after they binge watched and drank a lot of beer on saint patrick's day and everything for four days um, I just don't understand why you can't double up earlier in the day and be done earlier in the day. But then you're the same people who play the college football championship game on Monday night at 8.30 instead of playing it on Saturday when all the other damn football games in the season are on Saturday. So that's kind of part one. Part two, because for some reason, the resort we were at refused or didn't know how to turn the channels off of ESPN in their sports bars and such. And so anytime we went in to grab a bite to eat, um, and wanted to watch some of the tournament, we had to watch it on our phones on YouTube TV because all they had on was the women's tournament. And I'm going to preface this by saying I have no problem with women's sports. I have a daughter who played a college sport. 
I respect women's sports. I think they're they're great. They're great. You know, all sports are great. I, I will say this. I am about tired of hearing all the complaining and the bitching and the moaning about equity and equality between the men's and the women's tournament. Now, I know some of it stemmed from the women were playing basically in a quasi, you know, hotel ballroom one year, a year or two ago, or, you know, their accommodations might not have been as good. Now, I will say this. There's no excuse for the accommodations not being up to snuff with the, with the men, for sure, 100%. But I'm sorry. Even if you have a daughter that plays college basketball, take off those rose-colored glasses and sit around and look at you. From somebody who saw it, you're playing in cavernous, empty arenas. Arenas that seat eighteen to 20,000, just like the guys, maybe on the small side, 15,000, and there's maybe 2,000 people there. It's not a good look on TV. There's no crowd noise. There's no intimacy. Where is the benefit and the equity in that? Is the equity all about playing in the same size arena so then therefore, hey, we're equal? It has nothing to do with that. If you want equity, do your freaking research and find some hotbed spots where people just love college basketball in general and they don't care if it's men's or women's. A lot of market research can happen these days, folks. Uh, and and here's, a, here's kind of a newsflash for you. Find a good Division three arena or a good small arena and fill that to the rafters. Come to Grand Rapids, Michigan, in West Michigan, yep. and play at Holland, at Hope College, and play at in Grand Rapids at Calvin College, and you'll probably fill those gyms to capacity to watch these games with interest. It does nothing for the sport of women's basketball to be playing the same arenas that the guys are with a 20th of the crowd. It, it just, it's horrible. It's an awful look, and that is not a quality you, you are looking for the wrong things for equality if it's all about arena size and that kind of stuff. You're getting the TV push on ESPN. Women's tournament is exclusively on ESPN. The games are all over the place. I don't think it's smart to be up against the men's at the same time, to be honest with you. I would play it on completely opposite days. That's just me. But you want equality, then put it out there as a product when the guys aren't playing. Uh, and the second thing is, is put them in smaller arenas and do your damn homework. I'm not saying put them in a ballroom. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have some you know, equality in this, but equality does not equal arena size. That's not good for the game. So maybe if the wrong people would shut up and the right people would do their homework, you could actually make yourself a pretty good tournament with good crowds and celebrate the women that are playing this sport and make it look good for them. Because who the hell wants to go and play in front of only their mom and dad and their brothers and sisters? Nobody. You want to play in front of fans. And so you can figure it out. Just take the time to do it. Stop screaming and taking the podium to just bitch about equality and equity and look for the ways to make it equitable instead of forcing equity and equitability on things. All right. Yeah. Nice. All right, tee up this week. Um, we're teeing up. I saw this today. It came out. Um, kind of pissed me off, to be honest with you. Tee up. Uh, St. Francis University, Brooklyn, they're in the NEC Northeast Conference. Getting This is a Division One school, getting rid of all athletics. What? For what? Because of budget? Like, I, what are you going to do with the, the, gonna do the student-athletes yeah, that are on all these scholarship? Kids, what's going to happen to them? Are you going to help them find a new place sports for Sports sure? usually drive schools in. I mean, students into schools. Even the small schools, sports will draw them in. Somebody yeah. that wants to put D1 on their resume, they'll go and play at a small school for a small, small school experience. I, I just... That sounds like another woke New York Northeast thing to me. Yeah, I don't get it. I what are you gonna? You better help these kids find places than homes because if these kids are left out to dry, thinking they're gonna get a four year scholarship from this place and then just poof gone. Right. Some bushly. It's kind. It's kind of right up there with making the D, the D threes like Saint. What is it? Saint Thomas, Thomas in Minnesota, or the D twos like Merrimack. We'll get to that in a little bit more in a minute. Have to wait and not get to go to their turn or the NCAA tournament because they're on probation as they grow into Division One. It's another bit of the NCAA, or at this, this is an institution making the decisions. Nonsensical, stupid decisions. We have stupid people making stupid decisions that are impacting young people without a thought. I, I, it's it's ah, it's ridiculous. These are also the same people that let a biological male swim in the NCAA championships and celebrated that as if that was a woman of the year caliber. Sick. Yeah, Gross. Not, not Threw cool. up on my shoes. Disgusting. Not cool. Um, 
All right, let's tee up around the world time. First round, we're going to start in the top left corner, south, and we're going to make our way down. Bama, easy. We don't even need to talk about that. Maryland versus West Virginia. That was a, a good, good game. game. Yep. Maryland game. got down, or were they up early? I can't remember. They got, it was kind of a back They were down and then got up and then got down then finished really well. West Virginia um, had a look at the end to win it. Yeah, that was, that was actually a pretty entertaining game. Pretty athletic teams. Julian Reese played really well in that game. Um, got in foul, foul trouble, too. Oh, no, that was the second game that he got in yeah. foul, trouble, really um, foul trouble. That was a good one. Uh, San Diego State-Charleston, that was a pretty pretty much a rock fight. Charleston kind of had their chances there for a little bit, um, then kind of fell off, kind of missed shots, um, made some dumb And that was the decisions. first stretch of wrong picks on the left side of the bracket for me. I, I had Charleston in an upset there. Some They're, of these games I didn't see because we were either watching them while we were playing golf or – or whatever, but certainly was following all the games. One of so. my favorite first-round games and one that I had picked correctly was Furman, Virginia. Um, just dissect that. Furman down pretty big, comes back, goes up, and then Virginia kind of storms, takes that seven-point lead, and then Furman starts clawing. They get down to, down to four, make the two free throws, and then freaking Kihei Clark, a Perfect five-year trap. player, guy that made the mo- one of the more heads-up plays in – their history getting it to Diakite um, mm-hmm. back in 2019 that sent them to the Final Four eventually um, gets trapped in the corner has a timeout doesn't use it and thinks he is sees his guy open just hurls it down the court gets picked off and you're like all right I'm like all right this could happen toss it ahead to a guy that is like a 25 percent three point shooter was 0 for six from the field nothing but net. Game over, 13 over 4, an improbable finish. And you got Kevin Harlan and Stan Great Dundee TikTok going video. Crazy. They're going crazy. If you have a good look it, at an announcer, watch it. you just listen to the announcers oh. and you don't usually see them. But Kevin Harlan great is to unbelievable. See. Great to Stan see. Stan Van Gundy was excellent, too. I liked, I liked him. He did a really good job. But that game was crazy. And I liked Furman going into the tournament. I didn't necessarily like the matchup with UVA, so I picked UVA. But Furman, Virginia has an issue. Um since going back to 2018, I mean, they lost as a one seed. Then they win a national championship, which is all great. Then 2021, they lose to a 13 seed Ohio. Last year, they didn't make the tournament. This year, they lose to a 13 seed Furman. Kind of like Purdue. Yep. Except for the not the national championship. Yep. Um, to that in a minute. Creighton, NC State. That was another good one. A lot of high level athletes. Creighton prevailed probably because they're bigger. Um, that was fun to watch. The Baylor, UCSB, Baylor handled them pretty good. I thought UCSB hung around for. I thought they hang around a little longer, game, but and Missouri, Utah State. This, this is a very popular ten over seven pick. Mm-hmm. Missouri kind of stifled them. Yeah, they really did. They shot it well. Utah State couldn't score. I thought this game, the over under was like a hundred and fifty, and it was only or like a hundred and fifty five, and they only scored like in the sixties. Yeah, under like sixty five. The unders ruled the weekend. I saw. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. The ball the that they're using, well, they're fishing, but the ball they're using is not the same ball they use during the season. They use a Wilson ball, and other usually use like a Nike ball for your, like Michigan State uses a Nike ball oh, when they yeah. play, and this is the Wilson new evolution. Right, it's the tournament ball. Yeah. Right, and if you notice, the three-point shooting is hot garbage. Yeah, it's true. Something about it. Just, Something to study. Then, no, then this was the, I mean, another big upset. This bracket. was the upset of the tournament Princeton, until it wasn't the upset the, of the tournament. The Tigers... 20, how many years is that? This is 96, so 27 years after Pete Carrill. Um, and their coach. And their coach was on Princeton then. Beat UCLA, 1996. Yeah. Mitch Henderson. Huge upset. Down, went on a 7-0 run to finish over a Arizona team that was playing really well. A lot of people had Hot, pool had them in the could championship. Have had, them, had them winning it. Had them as a borderline one seed. Um, and freaking Princeton, the Tigers... Um, they just took it to them. They they hung around. They and rebound the piss out of the I mean, ball. They, they're, they're fundamental. Fun to they can watch. shoot. Fun to watch. Yeah. That was impressive. I loved seeing that. Brings us to the East Region. Yeah, there was the upset until the, the upset, upset of all upsets. The smallest team in Division One per Ken Palm versus the largest team in Division One per Ken Palm. A school with a $2.3 million basketball budget versus a school with a $133,000 basketball budget. A school who has a regular you know, athletic director running media versus a junior at the school running media relations. Um, and a team, a school that won the Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament pretty handily, minus Penn State's comeback a little bit in the tournament, 
against a school who lost in its tournament and got in because aforementioned former D2 team Merrimack couldn't get into the dance because they're not qualified yet. So all these things have to line up. The Knights of Columbus. And I'm sitting there in Orlando watching it with my buddies at dinner. I'm holding it up on my phone because we were watching it. Then we went to go catch the shuttle to go to get dinner. And we're watching it, and then Purdue's running away. We're like, ah. And then we go back to it, and I'm oh, hey, they're sticking with it. They're sticking with it. And we watched the last couple minutes. Unbelievable. Um, Tobey Anderson also came from, was a mm-hmm. Division Two coach last year and brought three of their starters from Division Two with them, and they won that game. And then we're talking also about a school, Fairleigh Dickinson. Half of their athletics programs compete in the D3 level. Half are D3, half are D1. Um, small little tiny school, no business beating Purdue. Best game plan. The game plan that I've kind of called for all year. Hey, we've said this they, all along. They kind of they kind of let Edie get his early, and they got in the face of the shooters in the first half, and kind of got them off their game a little bit, and they were missing shots, and then they swarmed Edie in the second half and Flies left those shooters shit. open, and because the shooters were shooting like shit, and they shot like shit, and they lost. Shocking. The Purdue freshman guards couldn't handle the pressure like we've been saying. Boyer made a couple down the stretch, but not really. Year long, we've been saying. I, I literally said this. I said, Purdue, if they get a bad matchup, they're not going to make it from no. the tournament. They got a matchup that was favorable in terms of height, but Fairleigh Dickinson right. pressed them. They sped them up. They did exactly. Mm-hmm. Pl- Purdue played the game that they had no business wanting to play. Right. Purdue is, was too one-dimensional going in. I mean, Edie's a great Their guys player, were scared to shoot but... the ball because they want to dump it into Edie. <laughs> Right. You know, they didn't know what to do when they couldn't get it into Edie, and, and that's never – you can't be one-dimensional in the tournament. You have to be multifaceted. Guard play wins in March, guys. You've got to be able to – yeah, it's true. Look at, look, at the, look, at the, look at the results from this Well, weekend. even go back to the 80s. Ralph Sampson was great. Virginia didn't win one. Patrick Ewing was great. He got to the finals three years in a row, only won one. Olajuwon was great. He got to three final fours, only he never won one. You know, those are big guys even in the 80s. Um, you know, guards win, and you need a supporting cast. One guy can't beat you, and Fairleigh Dickinson said, we're going to let Edie get his in the first half, and then we're going to sh- totally switch it up, and we're not going to let him get his in the second half, and the rest of you guys are going to beat us, and they couldn't do it. Packed it, it in. They that couldn't do it. Phenomenal. The Knights of Columbus. Great coaching. Didn't even have a band there. Dayton's band had to come and play their fight, learn their fight song and play That's awesome. It. That's pretty cool. That's what March Madness is all about. Then Memphis FAU, another great game down to the wire. Memphis, Memphis is a bunch screwed. of AAU thugs, though. They I'm are, so glad they to are. see them gone. Not Penny Hardaway and Juwan Howard can leave the NCAA forever, as far as I'm well, concerned. Both- Penny Hardaway threw his water bottle, like slammed it down the floor after they lost, like a pouty little bitch. I'm glad they lost. Can't stand them. Yeah, they're Can't stand very them. similar to Michigan. Duke Oral Roberts. I thought Oral Roberts had a chance. Uh, no. Duke. Duke looked them. like the team that they had been coming into the tournament. Dismantled the them. Day, then but. Tennessee, Louisiana. Tennessee did not look great for ninety percent of the game. They had ten percent where they pulled away, and then Louisiana kind of crept back into it, but they just couldn't make open shots. Um, it wasn't enough. Kentucky, Providence. Kentucky handled them pretty good. I mean, Providence was they hung there. It was like six I mean, seven it, point game or whatever. Normal six eleven kind of game. Kansas State, Montana State. Montana State stuck with them a little bit too, but just. Not good enough. Uh, Michigan State, USC, another one of those games where, you know, close, blowout, close, blowout, close, and then kind of blow it open at the end. Well, um, Michigan State got back to its roots and played defense, and they locked down the Pac-12 second leading scorer. Boogie Ellis locked down Jake Peterson. Mm-hmm. I mean, their leading scorer, I think, in that game was that guy that scores like five points a game. That big guy, he had like sixteen. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice performance. It was impressive a, by Michigan State. A, a precursor to the next around the world spot, but the f- Michigan State only hit five threes in that game. Um, and prior to that, hitting five, they had never, they had not won if they had hit less than five in a game. So they hit five, and they, you know, in five or less, they had not won a game. So then that made them have one win, and then that's kind of a tee up for the. For the next round, when we get to spot two in the around the world, but yeah, I thought I was impressed with Michigan State's guard play. I thought Aikens played really well. Yeah, he did. Um, well. You know, Hauser had a great had a great defense. game. He's just been continuing his good stretch. Uh, Madi had his flashes. Um, 
you know, Hall will do a thing or two. I wish he could put together a complete game, and he's going to probably need to um, here this weekend for Michigan State to continue to play. But um, that was a good, solid win against a good USC team. So seven, ten games, you know, they're close. They're they're pickums basically. Yep. Um, and and I was happy that Michigan State got back to their defensive roots in that game for sure. Yep. Then Marquette Vermont. Um... Vermont was hanging, and then Cam Jones scored 18 points in a row for Marquette. He's an impressive player. That dude can shoot. Yeah, he can. He's good. He's a nice player. Um, and they end up winning pretty handily. Houston, Northern Kentucky. Go to the other side. Now of the we said I got a lot more games we, right on this. We side. said that this was probably even the closest 116 game. I remember that that we said if anyone had chances, mm-hmm. Northern Kentucky. They did. They hung with Houston for a lot. Of that Sasser was kind of banged up, but then Houston kind of impose their will a little bit down the stretch to yeah. pull away and make it a double-digit game. <laughs> Iowa-Auburn. First of all, thank God Iowa lost because I'm tired of Connor McCaffrey. I'm tired of Fran McCaffrey. I'm tired of Philip Rebracha and his 26-year-old ass. Go get a job. I'm tired of your crap. Get out of here. Leave. They tried to do the same thing that they did. Michigan State got down, came back, and then Auburn just was on fire shooting the ball and basically had a home crowd to go with it. Um, I'm glad that Auburn won that. Um, Miami Drake. I picked Drake. I thought that was going to be a big upset. Miami played pretty well, but Drake, they couldn't score down the stretch. They were missing wide-open shots, making dumb decisions, dumb turnovers, and Miami ended up squeaking that one out. Then Indiana Kent State. I didn't catch. I caught the first half. Um, Miller Cop, why were you wearing a headband, dude? You look like an idiot. That's why you lost in the next round, which we'll get to, but beat Kent State. Kent State, not a great offensive team. We didn't have any 5-12 upsets this year. No, very rare. Iowa State, Pitt, um, Pitt just... Blitzed them. Iowa State. 19-2 run out of the Iowa State was on a horrible trajectory going into the tournament, and they just, they proved it. They were not very good. And every year, somebody that wins a play-on game as an 11 goes on a mini yep. run that ended for Pitt the next round. But then, Well, then Xavier, I, th- I thought Xavier was going to lose to Kennesaw. Kennesaw had them and then just couldn't couldn't make shots down the stretch, and Xavier made some plays. I mean, they're, they're a pretty good team. Um, but it was impressive for Kennesaw, and I like uh, Abdur Rahim. He seems like a good coach. Um, he's doing a nice job. Um, A&M Penn State. Told you all about Penn State. Up, we liked Penn State going into Andrew that. Funk eight threes, unbelievable. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, if he would have been that hot against Texas, they might have gotten the win against Texas yeah, in I mean, the next impressive. round. Impressive. And A and M was playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. Yeah, Texas they did the SEC title game and got smoked in the SEC title game, but yeah, you know, had been playing extremely well for sure. Yeah, Texas kind of blitz Colgate. We kind of saw that coming. Uh, it was close for a bit, but Texas too athletic, too big. Um, for yeah, them, Kansas smashed Howard. Kansas smoked Howard and close. Arkansas, Illinois, another team. See you later, Illinois. You waste. Brad Underwood. A lot of talent. Brad Underwood coached. cannot coach. I mean, that team was. They were an AAU team made up of a bunch of random guys trying to get mm-hmm. theirs. I mean, that's really what it was. Evidence that the transfer portal is not the way for everybody to build. For yeah. some, it Arkansas is, was kind of stumbling coming in the tournament. They played pretty well against Illinois. And then we'll get to what they did later, but impressive by Arkansas. Then St. Mary's, VCU, I thought VCU was going to win. St. Mary's, I was wrong. Played really good defense. Did enough to win. VCU, I didn't think was great. Um, Captain Ruiz. Um, then UConn, Iona. Iona up two at half, and then UConn imposed a will. I think this is a team that can win a national championship. Yeah, UConn really looks do. good. I mean, they fit your mold of... Ken Palm top twenty five offense whatever or top, top forty offense top, top twenty five defense and they're I mean they can come at you they have guards they have shooters they have a really good big guy in Sonogo and Klingon he's seven one and can move they're tough they're really tough then TCU Arizona State right down to the freaking wire again TCU another buzzer beater game team Arizona um, State Arizona yeah. State's uh they were they're literally Jekyll and Hyde they could be the best team ever like they were against Nevada they look what man they look like a Final Four t- caliber team how are they an eleven seed then you know back to earth against TCU but still hung in there um, TCU with a nice dub there though then Gonzaga Grand Canyon he- held in there for a little bit then Gonzaga's just Gonzaga's got the number one offense. I mean, they're really good. They can score the ball at at will, really. Um, Northwestern, hell yeah. Nice win. Looked really good against Boise State. Yeah. I picked Boise State against 
probably against better judgment, but I just thought that Boise State was playing well and they had some of the metrics and that'll teach you to go with just metrics because Northwestern had had a good season and they're two and zero in first round games in the last whatever three four years that they've actually made the tournament. And two finally, times so. they've won been the tournament they've won first round game. And then UCLA just blitzed Asheville, which yeah. we thought was going to happen. I think they should have been a sixteen and flip flop with Northern Kentucky. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. So for me, I went on my bracket of integrity. Of course, we all have multiple brackets, but the one that I shared on the podcast last week that put me at twenty two out of thirty two. I in the first was the round. same as you in that. Round Shout out there. to Polo in the final score podcast um, bracket contest. Twenty eight out of thirty two in the first wow. round. Um, a little bit of that is luck, but still, that is that is a red hot pick. And you know, usually most years you figure twenty four is a good first round score, and he had twenty eight. That's pretty impressive. All right, moving on to round two. It's round two time, baby. So, Bama, Maryland. Yeah, Bama, Maryland. I didn't really see it. Um, um, I saw a little bit of that one. Maryland got in some foul trouble. Reese got in some foul trouble, and it was a game for a little while. But then Bama just kind of pulled away. Miller imposed his will. I know he's a little bit dinged up, and there's, you know, everybody wants to ask questions about the whole shooting thing, which I get, but at some point, okay, you're beating a dead horse. We get it. We understand. You don't need to manufacture any stories or whatever it is, what it is. We've covered it ad nauseum. It's time to move on. Bama, definitely. Bama is also the beneficiary of a bracket that is the, some of the seeds left in the South is 27. Um, so then you get to, I had Charleston playing UVA. I had both of those wrong. So it was San Diego State against Furman. And San Diego State, San Diego State looks really good against really good Furman. Against Their against defense Furman. is for real. I'm yeah. not a Brian Dutcher fan um, as he's a cheater, but I would, yeah, love to see, I would love to see them beat not Alabama. I would love to see them beat Alabama because I'm sick of Alabama. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing that either. Then you had Creighton, Baylor. Creighton looked mighty impressive, and they really they're, they're kind of good. putting it to Baylor yesterday evening, and then Baylor kind of crept back into, it, and then Creighton ran away. Um, I had Creighton winning against Baylor in my bracket. I, I had Creighton in the Final Four, so um, they're about on par with where I expected them to be. And then I had, of course, Utah State, Arizona in the second round, and it was not Missouri, that it was Missouri, Princeton, Princeton, the Battle of and Princeton took blitzed it Missouri. Um, you know, Missouri, a good first-year coach, they're a, a nice team, but Princeton just, you know, I got to see a good chunk of that game, and Princeton is just fundamental and good. Yeah, and they're well-coached. I don't know that they can beat Creighton, but they'll probably give them a run for their no, money. No, I mean, why not? They already, I mean, they beat Arizona. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. Creighton probably has better guard play, but still. Um, which brings us to the East. Um, FDU and FAU. FDU. Fairly Dickens, I was impressed. They held in there pretty good for the most part. I mean, FAU was bigger, I mean, very athletic, mm-hmm. very good guards, veteran guards. Um, kind of a Bush League move with the yeah, 360 dunk attempt or whatever at the end of the game. Their coach apologized for it. It's like, imagine if it, somebody at Michigan State did that. Izzo would have probably gone out and tackled him on the court himself. I mean, that's like, come on. Time and place. Time and place, guys. Well, that brings us to a hilarious game. Duke who we don't like, um, was really hot. And then Tennessee with the the always just underachieving Rick Barnes. Tennessee punched Duke in the mouth from the get-go. Literally Filipowski yeah, in the face. I mean, he was getting hit by that by Drago's son, that mm-hmm. whatever his name is, Plavich or whatever his name is, just a massive human being. Tennessee was more physical than Duke. They wore him down and got the win. I mean, I had Duke going to the Elite Eight. I had them in the they finals. Were, I mean, they were playing some of the best basketball in the country, um, and just Tennessee punched them, came out in waves, played defense, and won that game. Duke's I mean, weakness came out in the fact that they are not a typical Duke shooting team. Like, they are not a very good shooting team, um, and that shown through big time. Um, yeah. Let me see if I can find some of the metrics for yeah, Duke. Yeah, they didn't have so a shooter. Duke... 245th in three-point shooting uh, percentage ranking and 126th in turnover. Now, mind you, Tennessee uh, is 259th in three-pointers and 108th in turnovers. Um, But Tennessee wants to muddy things up. They want to kind of make it, you know, a rock fight, and they did, and the refs let it go that way. And Duke didn't have the shooters to pull them back into the game. So as much as... You know, the, that's my problem is that year in, year out, 
um, I'm never going to, or I rarely will win a bracket contest because I root against my own picks. I mean, rooting against your picks obviously has nothing to do with whether you get them right or not. But um, I was glad to see Duke go out, even though it basically busted my bracket because I had them playing in the final. So Yeah. Tennis, or I'm sorry, Kentucky-Kansas State. Physical game, physical, physical. I saw a stat. Kentucky had something like only five second-half turnovers. They out-rebounded Kansas State by 19, and they lost. Like, statistically... They shot the ball pretty terribly. Yeah, they're another team that doesn't really necessarily shoot. They should be a better three-point shooting team. Sheedway was a man. He had like 28 and 19 He had 25 rebounds in the first game. Yeah, he's... 9 and 25. He's not even that athletic, like... Vertically, he just he's a position rebounder. Yep. Get some just position. Just get a nose for the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kansas so that's State's two blue impressive. bloods out in in one afternoon, Kansas, basically, yeah. or in one weekend. Kansas State's impressive though. Noel's a really nice player. Johnson's a nice player. They have some nice complimentary guys that can shoot it. Good athletes. They're a tough team. Well coached by Jerome Tang, my national coach yeah, of the year. Pick. A team. Who had two players on campus when he came in and got hired, um, and he had to build that team Impressive. completely out of transfers because there was nobody left. Um, you know, he's done a hell of a job there, and Michigan State will get to see that firsthand because Michigan State got a very emotional big win against a team that's all built a lot team in the country, uh, built maybe. a lot like them. Shaka Smart is kind of an Izzo disciple; is not on the Izzo coaching tree, but really patterns his coaching style after him and and we're talking about one of the top two-point shooting teams in the country uh they outscored michigan state by 27 from behind the arc michigan state made two threes the entire game um where they'd been one something like one in 19 in games when they didn't have when they had less than five um and the one was i think when they won the other day with five and they made two, and they found a way to win that game. Just gritty. Um, that, I mean, that's vintage Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, toughness, it, it, rebound, run. I mean, that, that was textbook. Izzo compared it to the 2000 team having to be in kind of a fight and be physical. I mean, Madi made a couple mistakes and then was thinking, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And then we went small ball. Then they put him back in, and he just went gangbusters down the end. He, he had two huge phenomenal. blocks. He had a couple of... A couple of big rebounds. He, he rebounded. He had, he had ten rebounds. Weekend. He had eight points. Um, he played. He played good defense. He did. He was like early season Madi, especially yesterday against Marquette. Um, Hogard played. He had five turnovers because two offensive fouls. But he, you know, he played a pretty solid game. Walker, I've said all along, has got to be the guy that takes over, and he did he's take the, over. He's the alpha Joey player. was clutch. He had a double double. Um, Aikens had a little bit of an off shooting night. He had a couple Played threes, literally all weekend. Though, couple threes, gosh. literally do everything but go go in the hoop. Hall, uh, you know, has his moments, but Made Cooper the, the again. The offensive rebound that was massive in that game. Then trim his old credit to him. Trim the rotation is basically a seven man rotation. Carson Cooper. That man has a future. That's yeah, a, he's that's played your... really well in both the games this weekend. Cole, you know, and the thing is, is Kohler's gives Michigan State a much better post presence on offense. He's just not there defensively, but he doesn't look disengaged on the bench like other players. No, he loves can. Michigan State. Like he he, he sees like, hey, I, I got to be able to play defense to play, and and Cooper plays defense, and he's longer and he's more athletic. Good he's a good, you know, he's he's good. He's a rim protector, um, not where he needs to be, but he at least offers that. And Kohler just doesn't, but you don't see any pouting from him off the bench, which is great. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan State withstood some foul uh, trouble by Hogard. You know, that's kind of when the wheels fell off in the first half. Um, again, locked down Cole the Big East player of the year. They locked him down. Locked down Jones pretty good, and Joplin for that matter. I mean, those guys didn't do it. 60 points, a team that scores like 80 a game. But to go minus 27 differential from the three-point line is and win by nine is pretty crazy. Yeah, and the, that was a, that was the a officiating big was as poor as I've seen. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, there was a. I mean, Marquette had like seven straight fouls called against against Michigan State in a stretch there. Um, just ridiculous. Um, but Michigan State tough as nails. Um, going to New York to the Garden. Um, Tyson's home. Yeah, not a place where we played well in the past, but hey. Crazier things have happened. I mean, the final four out of the last two far. times a seven seed has been 
um, in the regional that's been at the Garden, gone to the Final Four, won one in the National Championship. So um, anything's possible. Um, phenomenal by Michigan State there. Um, second round up in the upper right, Houston-Auburn. Auburn blitzed them in the first half, and then Houston said, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Auburn made like two shots in the second half and couldn't buy a free just throw. Houston, Houston made all their free throws, I believe, and and just like ran away with that game. Houston's a scary looking team if they can stay healthy for sure. Yeah, they're they're good, and they're I mean, Kelvin Sampson's a cheater, but he's a really good coach. He is. Well, and I mean, his cheating that, that at least that I'm more aware of was over texting people. That's kind of like whatever. That's not the same kind of cheating that like Bruce Pearl and true and Sean Miller and some of those guys are doing or did or Bill Self or whatever. So dollar bills. Um, he's just a good coach, good defensive coach, and that's that's a good team. That's an impressive team. Um, and that'll be a fun matchup with Miami with Miami in the Sweet Sixteen because Miami blitzed Indiana. Indiana looked like crap. Even Michigan State, the last Big Ten team oh, standing. Who's the class of the Big Ten? Oh, oh. Yeah, Indiana's – that's kind of what we thought would happen, right? I mean, they can look really good or they're awful. There's never really an in-between. They looked awful last night. I mean, Trace did pretty okay, pretty decent, but yeah. no one else did it. Hojafino was like 6 for 23 from the field. Yeah, a lot of those threes were down the stretch trying to catch up, but still, yeah, Indiana just did just kind of looked out of sorts last and, night. And, and Mike Woodson kept saying, we're not being tough enough, we're not being tough enough. They weren't. I mean, they weren't. They yeah. were sissies. Yeah. Um, no work to change that. Miami's fun to watch, though. I don't, I'm not a fan of them, but I they're fun to watch with all their guards and athleticism. They're a good team. Um, Pitt, Xavier, the Sean Miller Bowl. He played at Pitt. Um, and obviously, he's the coach of Xavier. Xavier took it to them, punched them in the mouth. They look really good. Um, they've got some dudes. Soleil Boom, really good. Colby Jones, really good. Nungie's very good. Um, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. Then Penn State, Texas. Penn State um, couldn't buy a bucket from three really until Dredd started to knock some down late. But, you know, Funk, if he makes a couple of those, who knows? Because Penn State clawed their way back in that game and they just kind of ran out of gas. Texas but. was not a good matchup for them. Way bigger, right. way more. That, the guy that averaged like eight points a game went off. He had like 28 career or points. something like that. You know, one off his career high. He had a great guy. That guy's as long as a giraffe. Yeah. Um, but an impressive season for Penn State. I mean, we thought they were going to be horrible. <laughs> and they made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Yep. Hopefully they can keep Shrewsbury. I'd back up that Brinks truck because I wouldn't want to lose him if I was Penn State. No, he's a good coach. Definitely um, a good coach. Very good coach. This one's hilarious. I, I had Kansas win the national championship. Lose to Arkansas. Um, coached by the Must Bus, um, hilarious. Like, dude takes his shirt off and starts waving it after they win. Doing the who big suey call, crazy. I mean, that was a phenomenal basketball game. First and foremost, yeah, back and forth, athletes everywhere. A lot of NBA talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkansas is really good. They're so long. I mean, that Devo Davis guy is a stud. Then you got Ricky Council, the number one is. Really good. The number four, Nick Smith, that guy's going to be a top five pick in the draft. He's hardly plays because he was hurt for most of the season. Crazy. Yeah, that's a good team. But Kansas, what a disappointing end of the season. Um, a lot of people picked them to win, um, and then they lose. I mean, that's the now great. blue blood out. It's the Kansas, Duke, the Kentucky all gone. Yep, about two blue bloods remain. That's Michigan State and UCLA, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, then we had St. Mary's, UConn. St. Mary's kind of punched him in the mouth, and UConn said, uh, no, we're not screwing around here. Yeah. And this blitzed them. Looked really good. TCU-Zaga, nice, good game. Zaga is down at half. Timmy ends up scoring 17 second-half points, scores 28 in the game. I mean, love him or hate him, he can, the dude can score, and he's really good at it. Um, even though he's that mustache is really stupid-looking. Um Gonzaga to their eighth straight Sweet 16. How about Impressive. that? Impressive. Impressive. Closest team to that is four. And Izzo's made 15. <clears throat> He's got the most uh, for any um, current college coach tied with Kyle Parry for the most Sweet 16. It's crazy. 
Then uh, Northwestern UCLA, I did not catch. I caught a lot of that game, and Northwestern acquitted themselves well. They played really hard. They had a chance. UCLA's just got. Um, I mean, Hack has just he took he's over. So good. He's so good. He's good. Uh, they're a very veteran team. The they're a good defensive team. But Bowie and Audij, you know, they made some plays and they kept them in it. And um, you know, Northwestern gave it a run. They definitely gave it a run and gave it a shot. But they ran out of gas against a much better team. But still, they, you know, they did well for themselves for sure. That's round two. That's round two. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's look at the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So first, I'm going to throw a couple facts out at you, and then we'll go through and we'll we'll kind of rehash and we'll repick going forward. Um, Some of the seeds, South 27, East 23, Midwest 11, so almost chalk in the Midwest, and West 17. Uh, Conference breakdown, three from the SEC in the Big East, Two from the Big 12, which everybody thought was the best conference all year. Uh, one from the Mountain West, one from the Ivy, one from Conference USA, one Big 10, one AAC, one ACC, one WCC, one Pac-12. So right now the SEC and the Big East are really the class with the Big 12 right there. Um, yes, you have two number ones remaining. Yes, and even the re-ranks, people still like those two as the top two teams. I would venture to guess that there's as much of a chance that that's not going to happen as there is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither of the number one seeds make the freaking final four. I'm going to go on. I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get a Creighton or Michigan State slash Tennessee, um, Texas and um, UCLA. All right, well, let's get let's get four. to the picks then. So we have Bama against Creighton. Uh, no, no, sorry. That's the Bama the versus San Diego. Bama, I think Bama Bama's gonna. I think Bama wins a close one. I do. Um, low, like in the seventies, which for Bama they just were in the eighties, nineties. I think it'll be in the seventies. Um, That's a Friday matchup at six thirty, yeah. and then Creighton. I think Creighton's gonna win by double digits. Creighton, Princeton. Yeah, I mean, I think Princeton will give them a run for at least half that game, but I think Creighton wins that. I, I agree. I think Bama wins, and then you have Bama Creighton. Which I got is, Creighton. Which is what I had in my original bracket, Bama Creighton, and I'm going to stick with Creighton to get to the I'm final four. I'm going with Creighton too. Um, I think the way they're playing and they just have the right mix of everything. They follow that Ken Palm kind of stat that you want. Um, in fact, while I'm at it, I'll tell you who's still left in that Ken Palm top forty offense, top twenty two defense. Houston number nine. Offense number four defense, Bama number eighteen offense number three defense, UCLA number twenty one offense number two defense, Connecticut number three offense fourteen D, Texas fifteen offense ten D, Tennessee is number sixty on offense number one on defense. So that's Kentucky. Tennessee would definitely be an outlier. So would Gonzaga number one on offense, but number seventy five on defense. Yikes. Creighton is twenty four on offense, thirteen on defense. So that's why I'm sticking with it. Uh, Bama rates a little bit higher than them in those categories, but um, San Diego State 69.05 D, Xavier 7 offense 63 D, Arkansas 50 offense 15 defense, Kansas State 47.17, Florida Atlantic 30.36, Michigan State 38.31, Miami of Florida. 11 and 108 on defense, so a good Ouch. offensive team. And then you got to go all the way down to Ken Palm number 91, Princeton, and 100, and 100 on defense, 96 on offense. So for what it's worth, following fo- following the footsteps of the Ken Palm top 40, top 22 rule, Bama, Creighton, both like, definitely both win. Um, and then I, I'm going to go with Creighton. Yeah, I am too. East... Um... So you got Florida Atlantic and Tennessee. Tennessee that could be win, interesting. I, um, I could see Florida Atlantic winning. Yeah, they're I'm gonna go Tennessee. They're pretty though. athletic. Tennessee might be the first time they miss their point guard is in that game. But I think Tennessee's big, they're strong, they're experienced. I think Tennessee wins that game. Um, you know, they're they have a they have a really good defense and, and a pretty average offense. Um, but we're going to go with Tennessee there. I think that they, they win that one. And then you got Michigan State, Kansas State. Um, you know, at this time of the year, coaching matters almost as much as, you, as anything else. I mean, obviously your roster and your players matter because they're the ones who play the game. But 
you know, Kansas State, I have this feeling of while they're talented and they've got the great story, you know, about the guy from Florida who had collapsed on the court against Florida State and came back and he's probably their best player aside from their little tiny point guard who's a baller. Um, Kansas State may be in a little bit of a, uh, we're happy to be there. Um, we're excited to be in the Sweet 16. Look at where we were. Pick to finish last. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think Michigan State wins that game. Coaching I think prevails. Coaching prevails. I think Walker uh, can can handle Noel. I think, um, you know, probably, I mean, who do you put on probably Johnson? Hogard. You know, he's a little bit bigger than Hogard maybe, but probably him. Yeah, yeah but Hogard good at Murray. And Michigan State has been better at um, – for, certainly on defense, but better at even rebounding the last couple of games. Uh, I think their three-point shot's going to find its way back, um, and I think Michigan State's going to win that game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. Michigan State, Izzo has won something like 26 games by seven points or less in the tournament, so he knows how to win close games, and that's, again, a testament to coaching. So I think Michigan State wins that game. Michigan State, Tennessee, they go to Houston. It's going to be reminiscent of Michigan State, Tennessee in 2010. Ray Morgan. Lewis. Um, you know, that was a, what, a five? Five, five was a, They were like a seven, set, maybe. six or... Six or seven. Something like that. Um, that's, I don't know. I, I said to my buddies in Orlando, mark my, I said, mark my words as we got to like the last three minutes of the Marquette game. I'm like, if we can find a way to finish this game and win this game, I think we get to the final four. Not because we're the best team, because we're not. I mean, and you look at like Fox Sports re-rank, they have Michigan State out of the sweet 16 rank, number 13 or 14 out of the teams. That's fine. I just think the coaching, the prep, and it's not just Izzo, it's his assistants. His assistants have been done. Um, you know, you got a dynamic scorer like Walker, if Hogard can finish around the basket and make a freaking free throw, would be great. If Madi can continue to harness that energy, you can count on Joey this year. Um, Agins has been a great. You know, Agins has been good. good if, if, here's the thing: Hall's the wild card. If Hall can step up and play like Hall can, I think Michigan State doesn't necessarily cruise, but I think it's a little easier for them. And I still think Michigan State finds a way to scratch and claw their way as for the second time under Tom Izzo as a seven seed to the Final Four. Michigan State's going to the Final Four. I'm calling it right now. Yep. All bets are off once they get there. We'll talk about that next week. But um, I, I really just – I like enough. They make me nervous, but at the same time, I like They're enough of the – clicking at the right time. And there's a togetherness usual. to the team. Um you know, most of the teams that are left certainly have that, but I don't know. I'm I'm going Michigan State Creighton in yep. the final four. The 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 best coach left gets his team there. Um Houston, Miami. I think this could be a whale of a game. I do it's strength on strength. Yeah, really good athletic. offense versus really good defense. It's mm-hmm. it's athletes all over the board. Um it's small ball. Um I'm Get your popcorn out, folks. This is going to be a ball game. I think Houston, Miami's defense is not very that's good, That's the though. issue. I, this could be a shootout. If Miami shoots the ball well, I think it could be a shootout. Because Houston yeah, can both score. teams have a good offense. Houston yeah. can score the Difference is Houston can clamp it down. I think Houston wins so this So I think game. Houston wins this yep. game. Xavier, Texas, I'm excited for this one. I think that's going to be a great game. I'm going to ride with what I picked to begin with, which was Texas. I actually um, I picked Texas coming out of the Midwest all along. Um, I also had Houston getting upset in the Sweet 16, so we'll rehash that here in a minute. But I think I think that could be one of the best games. Well, actually, there's another good game in that half the bracket in Gonzaga UCLA. Those two three matchups, both of them are going to be phenomenal games. Um, but I think Texas will will find a way to pull out the win there. I'm going Texas as well. And then Houston, the in-state rivalry to play in your state. Houston trying to get yeah. back to the hometown Final Four. I'm rolling with the Longhorns. First Final Four since when? I what have they ever been? Yeah, they went, that's the one that Rick Barnes had was. They went once with them. Maybe it was when was Durant. Maybe maybe no, it was there. it wasn't that. not when Durant was there. But he was the coach. I know that. It was the 2000 early 2000. It was like Marquette. Oh, so they was beat there us. Too. Yeah, they beat us. It was 03. Yeah, that was the only time they've been in the final. Marquette was there with D Wade. Um, yeah, I got Texas. I'm sick. I'm riding with Texas. They're one of the teams that I picked originally to go to the Final Four. But I think Houston and Texas could be a great game as well. Um, you want to see athletes 
Yeah, Arkansas UConn. Arkansas UConn is going to be a crazy game. UConn's playing really well right now. Uh, I think matchup wise, it probably benefits UConn a little bit more. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas win. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go UConn. I'm going to go UConn as well. I think they'll win, but I think it'll be a good game. Then we got the the tournament rivalry game, um, Gonzaga and UCLA. Yeah, the Adam Morrison game, the Jalen Suggs. The Jalen Suggs, the year UCLA made a run as a playing eleven seed. Um, you know they've they've had some battles here. Two West Coast teams, um, both really good teams, both capable of making the Final Four, both capable of winning it. UCLA missing their best defensive player. You know he's and they had their the best shooter injury. roll his ankle the other last night. Pretty good. Yeah, against or Northwestern, right? Yep. So. Um, Boy, I I don't know. The I just think I'm gonna stick with my original. I could definitely see UCLA winning this, but I'm gonna stick with Gonzaga because that's what I picked to begin with. But UCLA definitely checks some of those boxes. You know why I'm going UCLA? Guard play. Guard play and I mean, well, they're both well coached, but UCLA definitely really UCLA fits the mantra. UCLA of plays defense. better defense. They do much better defense, and they're a pretty good offense. Um, but I'm gonna stick with Gonzaga, and then Gonzaga UConn. Um, I had Kansas coming out of here, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with the Zags. I think they're gonna get to the okay. final four. I got, I got UConn, UCLA, Huskies, Final Four. You heard see it that. first. You heard it here. So next I got, week, I got Final Four of Creighton, Michigan State, Houston, and UConn. How about I got that? Creighton, Michigan a six, State, six, a seven, a one, and a four. Creighton, Michigan State, Texas, and uh, Gonzaga. I love it. So six, seven, two, three. No ones. Yeah, it's going to be... You want to do a quick ad? It'll be epic. Yes, yes, sir. We'll do... A quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right, well, it wouldn't be a tournament, and especially because there's always upsets, but there were two pretty epic upsets this weekend. Um, So we're going to have to do a Mount Rushmore of the biggest NCAA tournament upsets. We're doing a cumulative? Yeah, and I'm going to say this. So I would say... There's two automatics that yeah the ones are on over the, the ones over the sixteen, 16 over the and the only debate there is which one was bigger. And I'm going to go fairly Dickinson was bigger. I think UVA was the number one overall seed when they lost to UMBC. That game was never close. Um, and I think UMBC in or I mean Virginia in their own way was made to be a fraud. But fairly Dickinson with all the things that we talked about, they're half D three, they're half D one, their budget different differential, the fact that their media director of media relations is a student. Um, not that that has bearing on basketball, but like we're talking about the total David versus Goliath. We're talking Hoosiers, you know, Hickory versus South Bend Central, um, that type of thing. A team that didn't even win their conference championship and only got in because Merrimack isn't qualified to get in. All the things stacked against them. And they beat Purdue, who has probably the you know college basketball player of the year in Zach Eady, the immovable force who gets to sit in the lane for 20 out of 30 seconds every possession, um, and they win that game. So we're going to give them like the top spot of Mount Rushmore over at UMBC. Nothing against the Retrievers, certainly, but um, I think that Fairleigh Dickinson's was more improbable than that one was. Yeah, I would agree, but those two were definitely in, the, uh, in this Mount Rushmore. Now, the other two are tough. I mean, I think, um, what about, who was that? Was that Villanova that beat Georgetown? They were a nine seed. They were an eight seed in the, in the, championship. In the championship game, yep. And is they that, had played three times already that was year. That, is that one of the, I think that might be in there. Yeah, the I mean, title. I didn't necessarily consider that, but I think, you, yeah, and they, they shot like something 72% for the game. I mean, it was like, that was. But it had been when they just had the 45-second shot clock, and they kind of stalled out, and they, you know, Georgetown had Ewing, and, um, you know, I think it was their third final four in a row, and Villanova beat them, and it was impressive. Um, oh, maybe they didn't have Ewing then. That was 80s. 
five. Yes, they did still have Ewing. That was 85. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good call. I think that's got to be right up there. I'll give you some of the 15 twos just to kind of give you a refresher. Coppin State over South Carolina in 97. Eh, whatever. South Carolina's in a blue blood. Richmond over Syracuse is a 15 2 in 1991 was a big deal. Um, FGCU over Georgetown. You know, FGCU, Dunk City. I don't know that that Georgetown team was that impressive. Oral Roberts a couple of years ago against Ohio State. That was yeah, a very good Ohio State one team. Um, Santa Clara, 15, beat C-Nash. Arizona as a two. Princeton over Arizona. Uh, Arizona's lost twice as a two seed. Two of 15. Middle Tennessee. Of course, Michigan, Michigan State. State. I think, honestly, as much as it pains me, I got to put that up there. Um, maybe. As my, like, you picked the Villanova-Georgetown game. I might put this up there just because that Michigan State team probably was really one-seed caliber, and that was the definition of a matchup issue in Middle Tennessee State. I just, like, totally shocked Michigan State. Um, you had, it's funny on this list that I'm looking at, they don't even have Princeton over Arizona because they didn't think that much of it. Lehigh beating Duke a couple years ago, back in 2012 already. Um, a 15 over 2, that was kind of a big deal. But I think the other one for me has got to be St. Peter's beating Kentucky. I mean, like, and then they went on a run and were picking teams off. Like, that. that's a team like Fairleigh Dickinson. Like, they practiced, you know, their coaches' offices had leaky ceilings from being below the pool. Um, like, a very FDU-like story. So, for me, it would be the two 16s, of course, St. Peter's. Um, and I probably would say just because um, we lived at the, you know, the game. And another one that's on this list actually is Hampton over Iowa State, which was a big one. That was a 15-2 yeah. as well. Um, Iowa State was one of the favorites to win it that year, um, 2001, when they lost to the Hampton Inns. That's not really their name. but um, So those are that's who I got. Anything yeah. else on that one? No, those are all good. And, and this, again, is the beauty of March Madness. There's no way Fairleigh Dickinson would beat Purdue in a seven-game series. There's no way St. Peter's would have beaten Kentucky in a seven-game series or Middle Tennessee State beat Michigan State in a seven-game series. But that's why March is called March Madness and why March is so fantastic is anything can happen. And there's so much parity anymore because guys that don't play at the big schools transfer down and they see this chance to play. Um, and coaches are getting that much smarter, and they can find ways to devise plans to win these games. And it's a blast to watch. We're spoiled every year. Every year, just when you think, oh, you can't get, you know, you know, maybe it starts slow, and you're like, oh, there's not going to be any upsets. Wham, a 15 beats a 2, a 14 beats a 3. This is a rare year where a 12 didn't beat a 5, 13 beats a 4. And this year we had the, the double bonus of a 15 beating a 2 and a 16 beating a 1. Um, both are historical because it's still the odds are so low that those happen. Um, we're just spoiled. We're spoiled as college basketball yeah, fans, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, last spot uh, of the day. Going back golf. to golf. So I had to I had to punt and throw two new names at Ryan because both the guys that I picked just off the cuff last week didn't even play in the Valspar. And I ended up picking a guy who almost won. Yeah, Spieth. Spieth. We both picked people that was on Spieth. And then I had my other guy was Harmon, who had like the blow up hole of the century. I didn't finish reading the story, but something like had seven errant shots on one hole and went from like he dropped sixty four spots in one one hole on the leaderboard and missed the cut. So crazy, yeah. Um, we both had one. We seventy five combined for both of us. Um, guy that won, I met him, Taylor Moore, nice guy, playing the Corn Ferry Tour. And this weekend we got the WGC in Austin. Last time was, ever. Last time that was there or the last time they were playing Last it? time ever I think they're playing this. Oh, it's too bad because I love this tournament. Yeah, it's fun to 64 watch. 64 guys. Yeah, it's the, it's the tournament field. Um, Scheffler won it last year. Wednesday. I got uh, Cantlay and Morikawa as my two guys. I went through the whole roster, and I've already picked a lot of those guys. I've got Horschel and season. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's. It would not surprise me to see Scotty win. I think a guy that's steady like Scotty, Morkow is a great ball striker, not a great putter. Um, but I, Scotty's you know, it's it, it's a guy like that that's or just Rom. steady, steady. Um, that's probably going to win this. But you know, Spieth played well. He's been playing well of late. Um, JT's been playing decent as of late. So maybe they could get the win as well. Um, then you got the Punta Cana. Um, I'm rooting for Dominic in that one. 
Yeah, he's we're playing not, that. We're not picking it, but he's, I think, the favorite in that one. So and guess what, folks? That's my pick. Two weeks from this Thursday, we'll stroll down Magnolia Lane to Augusta National Golf Club. It's a beautiful boy. thing. And boy, I'll give you a little boy. bit of a I'll give you a little bit of a course review. Um, shout out to Anthony at Orange Lake uh, Resort down in Orlando. Um, buddy Chris set us uh, he and me and Dauber up for a nice boys weekend celebrating our 50th birthdays this year. Um, you know, they got a, it's a nice huge holiday inn, like timeshare type of resort, lots of pools and condos and all kinds of stuff. Restaurants on site. It was great. I didn't even know what to expect and loved it. They had a kind of an executive course with six par threes and three par fours that we played first. Um, then we played, they have an Arnold Palmer designed, it's called Legends Walk. It's a nine-hole walking um, par three course that's also the only night golf in Orlando. Uh, we did not play it under the lights, so that's that was a miss, but the tournament was going on, so maybe the next time we'll do that. Um, fun, all kinds of variety. You know, 220-yard par threes to 120-yard par threes and sand. And I mean, it was a legit course and um, a fun, fun course to play. Um, so played those on Thursday. Friday played Legends, which is an Arnold Palmer course, has a replica of Bay Hill. I believe it was Anthony said Bay, who's the pro there, Bay Hill 18 um, as their number 10 hole. Really great course. Um, you know, kind of reminded me in some ways of like a forest dunes. I mean, obviously oh, the grass cool. wasn't that way, but it was it was a similar to that. Kind of cut through the woods we learned yesterday when we replayed it um, with the pro there, who's Chris's buddy. Um, that it butts up to Animal Kingdom, and you can hear the lions in the morning, and you can, you know, you, it's just like you can hear the animals rustling around and stuff. It's kind of cool. It butts up against the nature reserve. Hear people yelling when they're riding on the on Everest and whatever else. Um, but that was a really fun course. Kind of interesting. Par thirty seven on the front, par thirty five on the back. Um, you know, lots of good holes where you have to think a little bit about what you're doing. Um, very fair course, but a difficult course for sure. And then on Saturday, we played in between the, as Dauber would like to call it, the condo course, where condos were definitely lining both sides. It was a tight course, a little bit of a shorter course, lots of water. Um, they do a pretty good job of getting the big gators out of there. So we saw, you know, half dozen or so small, like three-footers, and then maybe one five-footer. But all the big ones, they kind of rustle up and take them to a wildlife place to get them away from all the guests. But um, that was fun, that was too, fun. in its own way, because it was... It was just, you had to make some shots and you had to, you know, figure out your carries over water and stuff like that. Um, so it was fun. I would definitely go back. It's not what you necessarily think of when you think of Orlando golf. You think of Bay Hill, you think of Champions Gate, you think of, um, you know, Celebration. I'm missing a bunch of other ones. There's Mystic Dunes. There's there's some good there's courses. A lot of really good golf. There's some Orlando. really, you know, Orange National, Orange County National. There's some really good golf courses in Orlando. Don't sleep on this place. It was reasonable as heck. Um, lots of stuff right there at the place. Not bad. It's right up against Disney if you want to take off and go to Disney for a day. Um, I definitely would go back and play golf there. So that was fun. Nice. Well, that's it. That's golf. Uh, sprint. Four quick ones here. What's the coldest temperature you would want now i know you played in very cold before but what now what would be the coldest temperature you would have to be for you to play golf like if it was below this temperature you would not well play. i mean it depends because i've played if it was i played in like 36 degrees in a sideways rain because i was on a golf trip like right i'm gonna go because i'm already committed and i'm already paid um yesterday everybody looked at me like i was nuts down in florida because it was only 54 when we started to play after it had been the mid 80s the day before and I was the only one in shorts uh, playing. I came home today in shorts. I would say, like, to legit look out the window and say, it's sunny, it's a little breezy, I'll go play today. As long as it's sunny and the wind isn't too bad, I think in the mid-40s I, I would do it at this time of the year, not in the middle of the summer. And maybe in the fall I would do it to get another round in. But Yeah, I'd say 40. It'd be sunny if it's cold. No, hell no. Does Jawan Howard bolt Michigan after this disappointing season back to the NBA? I think he does. I think Jet Howard is going to get a look at from the NBA because of who knows what. I guess he fits the bill for NBA guys. I've said it almost all year to my buddies. I think he goes. I just don't think he's a college coach. Um, 
I think Michigan would probably upgrade if that's the case. Um, I want them to stay. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I'd like him to stay, even though it's a clown show there. But I, my money is that he's going to go. What would be your main course for your Masters Champions dinner? I saw Scotty came out with his last week and looked looks really good. Ooh, main course. That's a good question. I would go with. I think I'd go with like a fourteen ounce New York strip, maybe, maybe like, um, you know, like not I don't know how you say it prepared Chris would have to tell me because he's been in the restaurant business but basically like blue cheese encrusted um you do like Oscar throw like you could do for some people Oscar style you know with the crab no no no, no, not, no, for no you. not for me for you. but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go blue cheese encrusted New York strip and I'm gonna go mom's Brussels sprouts which are Brussels sprouts bacon blue cheese because I love my blue cheese I'm gonna go with a good just like house salad with fresh tomatoes not cherry tomatoes and then uh, what else I'm going to go with? Probably I'd probably go with some good garlic mashed potatoes with that. That sounds like a good meal to me. Yeah, I'd use some sort and of... And Rachel's chocolate chip cookies. Some sort of steak, like a salmon. I heard Scotty's compared to an Applebee's menu. Yeah, well, sounds good to me. Yeah, it sounds good to me. desserts, a chocolate chip cookie skillet yeah. with ice cream. What a guy. Yeah. Sounds like our kind of guy. Exactly. When in... Final question. Can we please, like, this is just rhetorical. Can we please get Grand Rapids to try and host a freaking NCAA tournament first and second round? I don't know why we haven't now, they, I think they could now because they, they fit the criteria They have the now, hotel rooms. Van hotel, Andel's, the, the airport's big enough, all this stuff. Van Andel's on the smaller side, but here's the they thing. Fill it. They would Here, fill it. Here's the thing. Just like I said for the women's, go smaller. The men should go smaller for the first round because here's the thing. Or is, the first four there. Is as soon as teams lose in the first day. Now, there are a lot of Michigan State fans traveled right to Columbus or whatever. I'm telling you, you would pack a 12,000 seat place and it would be impossible to get tickets and just the atmosphere would be electric. I think Grand Rapids should absolutely. And if they say, you know what, you got to add 2,500 seats to Van Andel, do it. Do it. Yeah, I would. That'd be unbelievable. All right, that's it. That's 116. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Um, let us know your Sweet 16 Elite Eight picks um, if you are so feel so inclined. But enjoy the games this week. Hopefully um, the Spartans can pull through and get to Final Four number nine in my lifetime. Um, that'd be crazy. Um, but, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. In the meantime, as Mr. March, Tom Izzo, often says and will come through this weekend, players play, tough players win.